Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. Oh, my dear friend, here I am again with a fresh word from the throne of God. And these weeks I'm ministering to you about Jonah and the other characters in the book of Jonah. Oh, we can learn so much and we can get so much hope uh, out of this book. And it's for all people and sinners and saints alike that, oh, maybe you are one that's running away from the Lord. Maybe you are one that doesn't even know the Lord. Maybe you are one of his ministers who have been unfaithful to the call. But today there is hope and there is grace and God's goodness and forgiveness for all. And we can find many of these things in the book of Jonah, how they reacted. And today I want to go with you to chapter 3. And I want to read a verse to you. It says here in verse 6, And when Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. And, uh, you know, this verse, it's a powerful verse, my friend. And it's good for all of us, uh, sinner and saint, because it shows us the attitude of our heart, the attitude of our inner man, and the response and the reaction we should have when we come to the Lord. When the Lord speaks to us and we give reaction to His voice, this is the attitude of our heart that will get the favor of the Lord upon your life. You know, I believe it's so important that we tell others, and especially yeah, the new generation or our children, but not only them. There are many today who haven't heard the voice of the Lord before. And if they would hear His voice, they wouldn't even know it's His voice. And if they would finally recognize that it's His voice, they would not know how to respond. But in the Bible, we can learn what the voice of the Lord sounds like. And we can also learn how we should respond. But it's also up to us as those that already walk with the Lord to teach others how they should recognize and how they should respond to the voice of the Lord. Remember when God spoke to Samuel and he was asleep and the Lord said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel, he didn't recognize it was the voice of the Lord. And he ran to Eli. He said, Eli, here I am. It was the middle of the night. He said, Eli, here I am. What, what do you want me to do? And Eli said, what are you doing, uh, young man? I'm asleep. It's the middle of the night. Go back to your sleep. You dreamt or something else, you know. And so Samuel goes back to sleep. And again, he hears the voice of the Lord, Samuel, Samuel. But he doesn't know that it's the voice of the Lord. So he ran to Eli again, Eli, here I am. What do you want me to do? And, oh, get back to bed. You're, you've awoken me again. Get back to bed. And by the third time, I believe that, you know, Eli, he started to understand, hey, if that boy is hearing his name called out in such a way, this must be the voice of the Lord. And then he says, okay, Samuel, go back to bed. But when you hear that voice again, calling out your name, say, Lord, here I am. Speak because your servant is listening. Oh, I love that. That is the way we should respond. There is no other way to respond to the voice of the Lord than Lord speak. 
You have spoken once, but I've heard you twice. Lord, speak. What is your bidding? What is your call? What would you like me to do? What is your message to me? What is your assignment to me? I like it so much. You know, when the Lord spoke to Abraham, he said, Abraham, Abraham, take your son, the one that you love, your only one, and bring him to the mountain that I will show you and sacrifice him to me as an offering. And it says that Abraham didn't respond. Why? And how can this be? And Lord, you know, what are you doing? And, and, and aren't you speaking to the wrong person? And don't you know how I waited almost 25 years? And if he dies, you promise me a, a seed like the stars in the heavens and the sand at the shores of the sea. How can this be your, what you want? And you, you must be messed up. And he could have given so much anti-voice, uh, you know, gone against it. And he could have voiced his frustration or his his unbelief or just, you know, that he didn't understand. But it doesn't say any of this. He just kept his mouth. But the next morning it says he got up and he went on his way like the Lord spoke to him and told him. And yeah, these are so important, these stories to to see how to respond because we see Abraham was blessed blessed beyond measure. And we see that Samuel is used by the Lord, used beyond measure. And and also here we see the response of the king when the voice of the Lord came to uh, this king. You know, there's another thing you must remember. The Lord can speak in many different ways. He uses, well, in this way, he spoke through the mouth of Jonah. Jonah was a mouthpiece of the Lord. He speaks many times to his servants. We read in the Bible, Old and New Testament, how he spoke uh, through Moses, how he spoke through Isaiah or Micah, or in the New Testament, we read it through the disciples and apostles. And, and you know, today he also speaks through his ministers. Well, I believe right now he's speaking to you through this man with this Dutch accent and maybe not speaking this American or English language perfectly, but it's the voice of the Lord. But, you know, sometimes when the Lord speaks suddenly, you know, when, when the minister speaks about blessing, when the minister speaks about healing and about all these other good things that I believe God is speaking, well, you know, then we say, oh, this is the voice of the Lord. This is the promise of God. But you know, when God speaks another message, hey, I want you to do this. I want you to go there. I want you to give this. Then suddenly we say, hey, who's that man there? What does he want? Why is he talking this way? And suddenly we change. We don't see it as the voice of the Lord. Well, you know, when this king heard Jonah speak, and you know the message of Jonah, oh, 40 days, and this city will over, be overturned. He, he didn't say, hey, what's that fool saying over there? Hey, get this man over here. What? Hey, man, why are you speaking like this? And, and what are you, where did you get that strange message and that word? And, and, and when will, how will this happen? And, and, and all these other kinds of questions. He accepted it as a word of the Lord. And I think this is already something that goes into the, heart of the matter of the fact that you know in our heart or we can sit under the preaching of our pastor we can listen to a, a minister as you are listening to me right now and then in our heart we can already within seconds within an instant we can 
we can discard this message. We can throw it away because suddenly we say, oh, that is just John. That is just that man. That is just Joe or whatever his or her name may be. But you know what a difference will come when we accept it as a word of the Lord. And the king did not accept it as a word of Jonah. He accepted it as a word of the creator of the heavens and the earth. You know, this is the the basis of it all. Do you still believe that God speaks? And do you believe he speaks to you? And when he speaks to you, do you accept it as a message from your maker, from the Holy One, from the great I am whom we should fear and, and have reverence for? Well, you know, the king accepted it. And then it says he rose from his throne. Well, that's the first thing we must do. That must be the first reaction. When the word of the Lord comes to us, who's sitting on the throne of your heart? Are you still the master in your life? Are you still your own God or the one in control? I think one of the most difficult things in your own life is to get off the seat of the driver and start to sit in the seat of the passenger and give full control to the Holy Spirit to take the steering wheel and to take his foot, uh, to put his foot on the gas and the brake and that he will determine if you go forward, if you brake, if you go left or if you go right. I tell you, that's a difficult thing, but uh, that's something that needs to happen. And it says the king, he arose from his throne. Oh, how many people, they love the Lord. They really love the Lord. They want to follow him, but, 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 but on the other hand, they don't want to get off the throne of their heart or they want him in their heart. They want his presence, all that good feeling, that warm and fuzzy feeling, that feeling of peace and rest and joy and happiness, but they want to remain on the throne of their heart. They want to be the one who's in control. They want the one to be the one with the steering wheel in their hand. They want to be the one with their foot on the gas and they want to determine, huh? will they go? Where will they go? When will they go? But my friend, the king, he arose from his throne. And I think that is a lesson for us today. Then it says he took off his royal robes. Well, you know, we as people, we can hide behind the beautiful clothes. Now, that's not a new thing. No. What was Adam and Eve's first reaction after they had sinned and they saw their nakedness? Immediately, they wanted to cover their nakedness with their own thought-up or made-up covering. And they found all these leaves and they covered themselves to hide their nakedness and they wanted to hide it before God. They wanted to hide before uh, each other, and that's what we do. We want to hide our sin. We want to hide our nakedness. We want to hide our imperfectness. Oh, I tell you, oh, you know, maybe we've ate a little bit too much, and uh, here and there we're bulging a little bit. Oh, but then black is a good color, and it's nice to wear a little jacket that covers these uh, things up a little bit and it makes us to look a lot better. I'm not saying this is wrong. No, I do the same thing. Let me tell you that. I like to wear my slim black suit to cover up here and there where I maybe ate a little bit too much. But let me tell you, the spiritual thing of this can be that we can try to cover up our nakedness and we're not just doing it for men. 
we are also doing it against God so many times that we try to hide even before him the things. And when he comes, as he came to Adam and Eve, and he said, hey, what have you done, Adam? What, what's happened here? Adam immediately, he tries to hide behind excuses and he wants to put the blame somewhere else instead of kneeling before the Lord and saying, oh God, you know, forgive me, look at me, I've sinned, look at me, I'm naked, look at me. I'm, huh? But you see, it is, it, it's not pure, it's not holy. What can you do, oh Lord, cover me, Lord, cleanse me. No, they had hided it and we tried to hide it too. And my friend, uh, I must think of that great story of Naaman in the Bible. It says he was a leper and and his skin was eaten away and there were these sores where the pus was coming out and the sickness was there and it was an awful sight, but he was a general in the army and he had covered all that that that, that ugliness, that filth, the, the, the rotting away of his, of his flesh. He had covered it, the stinking smell of those wounds. He had covered it with a beautiful armor and with a beautiful robe. But the Lord said, you must go in that Jordan River and you must dip down seven times. And you know, his friends and, uh, and a whole entourage was with him. And he, he had to take off those robes. He had to take off that armor. And suddenly you could see those wounds and the filth of that sickness, how it was rotting him to the core, his flesh and, uh, uh, and the wounds and the smell. And that's the way he had to go and humble himself in that Jordan River. But when he came out after the seventh time, I tell you, he was clean and perfect. And my dear friend, the king, he took off his royal robes. We can try to cover our life uh, uh, you know, with good deeds, we t- can try to cover those bad deeds with, with, with other things. We can try to cover, you know, a heart that is wicked or a heart that is evil or a heart that has sinned or a heart that is rotting at the core, just like leprosy of the flesh. You know, we can have a leprosy in the spirit of a heart that is just eating away, but we can cover that with all kinds of things. But the king, he got off his throne. He, he arose from his throne and he, he, he took his royal robes off. And, and then it says he covered himself with sackcloth and he sat down in the dust. It shows that he, 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 he humbled himself. Oh, we need to humble ourselves, And that's exactly what the king did did. He humbled himself. Oh, he didn't try to, 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 to come to God better than he was. He didn't want to make himself to look better than he was. He came as he was. And he said, Oh Lord, have mercy upon me and my people. Forgive me. And I tell you, when he came in that kind of a way, God, it says he had mercy with him and that whole city was saved. You know, This is such a lesson for us. Oh, it's a lesson for those that don't know the Lord, but you know, you want to come to him today. You want to believe in him today, but it's also a lesson for those that know the Lord for so many years. But through the years, maybe we have wandered off and we have covered so many things and we are in control of so many areas of our life. And yet Jesus is there. 
The Holy Spirit, we have given him some room and some area to shine in our life, but still we are on the throne of our heart and we are the ruler in our life and we have covered it all with beautiful robes and it looks so perfect from the outside. But you know, the king, he arose from his throne, he took off his royal robes and he covered himself with sackcloth. Oh, that is, he covered himself with sackcloth. That means... He, he, he took on, and we can do this spiritually, we can, he took on a humble form, and we need to take on a humble form in our heart, and, and, and we need to go on our knees. As he went on his knees, and he fasted, and he prayed, and I tell you, God answered him. I want to tell you, if you are in a situation in your life, uh, and maybe you are not hearing the voice of the Lord so clearly, Oh, read the word of God. Speak to those that are further than you are, your pastor, maybe a co-pastor, your youth pastor, and, and ask them how you can recognize the voice of the Lord in your life. Well, never forget, God will never speak outside his word, his written word. And he will never say anything contrary to his written word. He cannot change and he cannot lie. And so... Always know that the first and most clear way that God speaks is always through his written word and read his word. And when you start reading his word, you start reading who he is and you start to find out his nature and his character. You start to find out that what he plans for you and what he speaks to you, it's to help you. It is that your life will be good and blessed and that you'll have eternal life. He wants to give you a hopeful future. And so when you start to know who he is and what his plan is for your life and what his thoughts are in Jeremiah, it says, I know the plans and the thoughts I have for you to bless you and to prosper you. When you start to find out that anything God asks of you to maybe give up or maybe to change in your life, it's always for your good. It's always for your benefit. Oh, and then what is your response let it be like the king of Nineveh. Oh, whatever area he wants to come in. Oh, say, Lord, oh, please enter in. This life is your life. Oh, this heart is your place of habitat. And please enter into any area and make any changes that you want to change, uh, any changes you want to bring, because I know it will be for my benefit and will be for my good. And Lord, oh, I just want to humble before you. I want to humble myself before you. And I just want to do your bidding. But Lord, help me, help me to do your will and to fulfill your plan for my life. And when we come in this attitude, I tell you, God will do what he has promised. Almighty God, I'm so thankful you are not a mute God. You are not a deaf God, but you are a speaking God. Oh, you listen to us and you answer, but you don't only answer when we speak or we would be silenced. We would find out that you have many things to say to your children, things to bless us, things to help us. You want to bring us in a better place in our life. You want to bless our marriage, bless our children, our grandchildren, bless our ministry, our church, our neighborhood, our city, Lord, our country. Oh, Lord, may we have this response that the king of Nineveh had. Oh, when he arose from his throne 
and he took off his royal robes and he covered himself with sackcloth and he sat down in the dust. Oh Lord, we want to do the same. We want you to be in control. We want, Lord, not to, to hide the things that in our life that are not perfect, but we want to surrender it all to you and ask you, take it away and cleanse us and make us whole again, Lord. And Lord, oh, we want to obey you. We want to follow you, but we cannot do it without your strength. We cannot do it without your power. We cannot do it without your goodness, Lord. So Lord, strengthen us today and that we may arise, Lord, in newness of life, in newness of strength, Lord, and that we may walk, oh, that life of a of a saved, of a born-again child of yours, of, a, of one that is a, a son and daughter of the Most High, filled with your goodness and with your love and with your spirit. And thank you, you will do it in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 